Creative Babble. Jim Humble says he's always been in the right place at the right time. He says he started his career as a technician in the aerospace industry. And pretty soon, he says he moved up and became a research engineer. He did things like repair the lunar vehicle. There was some parts inside of it that was broken. And I happened to be an electronic technician, and they knew I was, so they called me in and and had me uh, repair the uh, lunar vehicle. (laughs) Jim Humble has done it all. I did things like uh, set up A-bomb tests and uh, atomic bomb bomb tests. tests In his spare time, Jim would seek new adventures. He kept hearing stories about men going deep into the jungles of Venezuela and coming out with gold. So he couldn't resist. Jim had to join them. They didn't get all that gold out there. I can just go out and get a bunch of it myself, you know. He was searching for gold. But what he ended up discovering was the greatest treasure of all. One day, while sifting through the muddy waters, some of his men became ill. They started shivering, throwing up. They had high fevers. These are all classic signs of malaria. So what should they do? Should they leave the jungle and get malaria drugs? I mean, it would take a whole day just to get out of the jungle. They were just too far away. Jim didn't know what to do, so he offered them some water. Four hours later, his men were up from bed, laughing as if nothing ever happened. It was a miracle. How could this be possible? Was there something in the water that helped them recover? Jim thought for a second, ah yes, it must be the water purification drops he used. You see, Jim discovered more than gold that day. He says he discovered a medical protocol that will change everything we know about modern medicine. Pretty soon, the word got out, and Jim Humble began treating people for malaria throughout the jungles of Venezuela. He was God sent. I mean, he was considered a living miracle man. You see, Jim says that he, and only he, realized that the chlorine dioxide in those drops oxidized the pathogens that caused malaria. Basically, killing off the disease and nothing else. He calls this treatment MMS, which stands for Miracle Mineral Supplement. Jim claims that MMS can be used on any other disease. He held trials for people with HIV, hepatitis, autoimmune diseases. Jim claims that MMS cures almost everything, even cancer. Cancer? Sure. (laughs) I can say it. MMS will cure cancer. (laughs) So, who is this guy, and why haven't we ever heard of him? Well, part of the reason is that the story I just told you is just that. It's a story. Other than Jim's account, there's no real way to fact-check any of this. He has no medical background, no chemistry degree, but what he does have is a huge following around the world. As you can imagine, if you discover the cure for everything, the next thing you do is start your own religion. And that's what Jim did. He started a church and called it Genesis 2. He proclaimed himself the Archbishop. But don't be fooled, this church is less about praying and more about marketing his miracle cure. 
And you might be asking yourself, Javier, come on, nobody would believe this wild story. But actually, people do believe. The chlorine dioxide movement is real. And there's really no way to know exactly how many people are taking this stuff. I discovered tens of thousands of people on Facebook alone who follow this protocol. Today, I'm going to find out exactly what is this miracle mineral supplement Jim Humble is pushing. I'm also going to talk to someone who uses it. And I'm going to investigate why the Food and Drug Administration is warning people not to take it. I'm Javier Leva, and this is Pretend Radio. Stories about real people pretending to be someone else. Let's begin with the chemistry. The magical drops Jim Humble gave his men while mining for gold contains the chemical chlorine dioxide, which is a powerful oxidizing agent. Jim claims that the water purification drops killed the malaria parasites. He later discovered that the chlorine dioxide is powerful enough to kill the pathogens without actually hurting the person taking it. But if you're anything like me and forgot what your teacher taught you in high school chemistry class, I had no idea what chlorine dioxide is. I mean, it sounds dangerous, but is it really? So I called my friend Chris from the Mad Scientist podcast. I'm uh, Chris Coggs. I have a doctorate in chemical engineering. What's chlorine dioxide? Okay, chlorine dioxide, ClO2, it's known as a uh, polyion. So in other words, it's, a, it's an ionic compound composed of a couple other ions. So He goes on with his science talk. Hydrogen bond. You actually end up making chlorine dioxide, ClO2. Now that compound is extremely deadly. It is, um, it is extremely hazardous to your health and you should not be drinking it. Chris says that MMS, you know, the little bottle that they mail you when you buy it online, is actually just sodium chloride. It doesn't turn into chlorine dioxide until you mix it with a citric acid. Then it turns into bleach. It is not bleach until you add the acid to it. Then it becomes bleach. And why would anyone take this stuff? Well, maybe it's because it promises a cure for everything. Acne, headaches, autoimmune diseases, malaria, AIDS, cancer, pretty much everything. And despite how ridiculous that sounds, people are actually self-medicating with this chemical. If I've learned anything from producing this show, it's that whenever people are at their most vulnerable, there's always someone around the corner waiting to take advantage of them. It happens all the time. After a natural disaster, there tends to be an uptick in scams. When people are desperate, they'll do anything to get out of whatever situation they're in. I wanted to talk with someone who's taken this chemical and find out how it affects them. Meet Jean. Last year I was in the bed. Jean has suffered from depression and fatigue all her life. I just had started coming out of the bed. I went in bedridden, and I, but I couldn't walk a city block. And I was dizzy everywhere I went. It was miserable. Life was miserable. I didn't, I, I didn't want to live. Well, when you're sick, you just kind of get so wrapped up into it that you can't find your way out. Before Jean discovered MMS, she says she pretty much tried everything. She ate a mostly organic, raw vegan diet. She stayed clear of chemicals and plastics. But she kept hearing stories about chlorine dioxide and how it helped many people recover from depression. 
but it was scary. I mean, because you hear, oh, it's bleach, it's, it's going to kill you, and, you know. About four months ago, she decided to give it a try. She ordered a small bottle online. It sat there for a while, and then she finally got the courage to add a drop in her water. And I was like, okay, I just drank it and nothing happened. (laughs) (laughs) And what did it taste like? Um, at that low of a dose, it doesn't taste like much. But yeah, it's, it's not bleach. Um, it smells like bleach. It can bleach things. This will. I mean, if you pour it straight on your skin and let it sit, it would eat through your skin. But we're talking about like a drop of it, you know. And then I think the highest, um, there's a, a group that's on Yahoo and they get up to, for Lyme, they get up to 48 drops. But eventually, she says it started to work. And slowly, the heavy fog in her mind began to clear. It might surprise you to learn, but Jean is actually a registered nurse. Despite her medical training, she believes that parasites and other toxins are the source of her illness. And she believes that prescription drugs alter the body's chemistry and only benefit the pharmaceutical companies. But, I mean, you kind of worked for the health industry. I mean, do you feel like the doctors and the other nurses that you worked with were, you know, like to sell people? It's not necessarily the doctors and nurses. It's the doctors and nurses are controlled by the powers that be. Jean points out that companies already sell chlorine dioxide. And you know what? She's actually right. You can go to any sporting goods store right now and buy chlorine dioxide off the shelf. You know, the water purifying drops you use for camping? Yeah, that's chlorine dioxide. And some city water treatment plants use chlorine dioxide to decontaminate the water. So I went back to Chris Cogswell, the chemical engineer, and asked him, what's the difference between chlorine dioxide used in water treatment plants and MMS? So they are correct in the sense that it is not different in type to what is in municipal water sources for cleaning. But the EPA has that limit for how much is allowed in the water. The EPA's limit for human consumption is 0.8 milligrams per liter. Chris did some math. That's one drop, which we're assuming is equal to 0.05 milliliters. That means then that in that one dose, you would get 0.625 milligrams per liter. In other words, if taken properly, the stuff Gene is taking is probably less. It's 0.2 milligrams per liter less than the maximum the EPA allows. Assuming that your municipal water supply is just operating at the level that the EPA says is the bare minimum of safety, then you might be getting more chlorine dioxide from your municipal water than this stuff. The problem is continued exposure. You see, not all water treatment facilities use chlorine dioxide for decontamination. And if they do, it's likely that they're not pushing the maximum limit amount for human consumption. And the water purifying tablets that you take when you go camping are fine as long as you don't take them every day. Meet Susan. Susan was an early adopter of MMS. But before she discovered MMS, her nine-year-old son was diagnosed with leukemia. Basically what happened with him was I was given no choice in in my son's treatment. It was either you follow these five different chemotherapies they wanted to pump in him. Immediately, they put a Mediport in his body. She hated seeing her son pumped with chemotherapy. And just at the time when he was finally through everything 
my body completely collapsed. I had a full-blown autoimmune disease. Susan says that her health started failing quickly, so she started to do some research on natural treatments. That's when she discovered MMS. I had done like a, a real basic protocol written out by Jim Humble back then, and you would work your way up to like 15 drops, and... I went up to 13. I never made it past that. I got a lot of healing with it, and um, I've used it on both ends. And then I kind of put it on the shelf and always wanted to have some available, but I did get an aversion to it as far as the smell, the taste, and all of that. It's very nauseating. And, uh, you know, what do you say to people who say, wow, a cure for everything? Curing like a headache, curing cancer, curing AIDS. Doesn't that sound a little far-fetched? Does it to you? Yeah, I mean, because the whole premise would be that all these things are caused by parasites. I mean, is that what you believe? Um, Many diseases are, and we are absolutely overrun with parasite issues. So do you believe that like cancer is a parasite? Um, I think it's a fungus. Do you think like dropping a bomb on um, cancer is a grand idea? Somebody's fragile condition. I know uh, this baby died in six days after being diagnosed with leukemia. They flew him into St. Jude. They put a metaport in him and they started chemo right away. And he didn't even last a week. Yeah. And, you know, I mean, do you think that maybe some natural method would be a lot better, at least, even if you wanted to start with something. I asked Chris Coxwell if chlorine dioxide is the same thing as bleach. He says, technically, chlorine dioxide is not bleach. Bleach, like what you buy at the store, is actually a mixture of stuff. Chris says MMS is a bleaching chemical and one of the most powerful oxidizing agents out there. So technically, bleach and Miracle Mineral Solution are not the same thing. But that doesn't mean that Miracle Mineral Supplement is safe. The issue here is that uh, this is completely unregulated. And so it actually doesn't take very much for a person to go from... Uh, a relatively normal amount of this stuff, let's say, that is still harming them, likely, to, um, I've been taking it for a month straight, and it's not working anymore, so now I'm going to start going to 10 drops, or 20 drops, or 30 drops, and suddenly these people are, are really having serious problems, right? It's just really bad. It's, it's really bad stuff, man. So, in reality, if taken properly, MMS probably won't kill you, at least not right away. It supposedly works for Lyme disease and autism and everything. And and if I told that to um, a, a drug manufacturer that I had something that worked for everything, they would think I was crazy. This is Dr. Matthew Zuckerman, a medical toxicologist and professor at the University of Colorado. He's also the host of the toxicology podcast called Tox Now. What you'll see in a lot of these remedies is that they will tell you that uh, the substance kills cells in a petri dish, and thus it must kill the bad cells in your body. 
but that's a huge leap. Um, and truly, it's true that these agents, chlorine dioxide, is toxic to lethal um, bacteria, and it does uh, kill them. It's why it's used in um, uh, disinfecting uh, different types of industries. It's why it bleaches uh, paper mills and um, and fabrics and things. But that's a far cry from getting at the uh, bacterial infection in your body. If you listen to Jim Humble and the other MMS evangelists, they say that the chlorine dioxide is a selective killer. It's strong enough to kill the pathogens, but it doesn't damage the body. Dr. Zuckerman says that's a bunch of baloney. It's a it's a non-specific um, oxidizing agent. It's going to oxidize whatever it comes in contact with. He says the fact that they can't ship chlorine dioxide to you because it's so unstable and reactive is a bad sign. They have to ship you the precursor product so you can make it at home. And if you swallow it, it's going to come in contact with your stomach and with your lining. And and even if you didn't believe that, even if you thought that it ignored the very delicate mucosal lining of your stomach and your intestines, the fact that people who take it develop abdominal pain, nausea, vomiting, and diarrhea, which are exactly what you would see when you injure those organs, I think that confirms it. Dr. Suckerman says that if he prescribes somebody medication, he always tells them what to look out for, you know, the danger signs. If they develop severe um, abdominal pain and vomiting or diarrhea, I tell them to stop taking it. But in a lot of the cases, the reports of MMS by people that are not medically trained generally say that's a good sign. If you feel pain, if you're vomiting, if you have diarrhea, you should keep taking it. And that is uh, dangerous advice because it means that while many people might take it and feel no effect, they're encouraging people to in increase dosing when they are having adverse effects. This chemical, sodium chloride, has the same safety rating as nail polish remover. So if you wouldn't drink nail polish remover, then you shouldn't drink this stuff. It's not going to cure your cancer. It's not going to cure your uh, HIV AIDS. It's not going to cure uh, multiple sclerosis or any number of things, right? Um, and all it can possibly do is, is harm you. You know, there really is no benefit here, I would say. Gene. How is she feeling now that she's taken the chlorine dioxide protocol? My life has changed from being in the bed and now I, I drove last night by myself, which that's big for me. She says she's happier now. Of course, she still has her bad days. She says she's weaning herself off of antidepressants. She's down to three prescription drugs and plans to replace her treatment with alternative medicine. I had to ask, what does she think about this Jim Humble character? I know I've heard that he believes in aliens and he, you know, he's, but you know what? He is such a gentle soul. What about his church? Isn't that a little weird? Why he made it a church was because you can take MMS as a sacrament and present it that way and not get persecuted because churches have an exemption. What do you say to people that are like, ah, oh, this guy, he's a snake oil salesman. 
what does he have to gain from it? He's not becoming a multi-billionaire. I think he discovered something amazing and I think he wanted to share it with humanity and that's basically what he's done. Jim Humble may have been the man who started this movement, but he's been overshadowed by one woman with a powerful message. She claims that MMS cures autism. Her name is Carrie Rivera. While doing research for today's show, her name came up over and over again. I spent months talking to people online who use MMS. Every single one of them told me to talk to one person, Carrie Rivera. I explained to them that I tried to track her down, but I didn't have any luck. She no longer lives in the U.S. Then one day, out of nowhere, Jean, who you heard from earlier, put me in touch with her. We're curing autism. There's not another soul on this planet curing autism. And you say instead of being like heralded as, wow, we got the magic cure, the miracle cure, something's really going right, you're like trolled to death. I mean, to the point where it's really uncomfortable. Next time on Pretend Radio, I talk to the ringleader, Carrie Rivera, and find out why she's pushing chemicals on children with autism. I am so excited that Pretend Radio is back, and I have a little experiment for us. So whenever you can, please leave a review on iTunes. And if we all do it at the same time, there's a chance that Pretend Radio could get on the iTunes Top 200 list. I mean, it only happened if we all do it at the same time, so please leave a review. I'd like to thank Chris Cogswell with the Mad Scientist podcast and Dr. Matthew Zuckerman with the Talks Now podcast for taking the time to answer all my questions. And I'd also like to thank all the people who I interacted with online while researching this story. I know a lot of them have suffered a lot with their health and I appreciate their perspective and their time. And I also want to introduce you to some really cool indie podcasts. All right. Start it several times. One, two, one, two, three. The night before rock and roll pioneer Jerry Lee Lewis's fifth wife died, she made a phone call to her mom. She told her that she was thinking of leaving Jerry Lee, but that he wouldn't let her. Then she made a second call, this one to the sister of her high school sweetheart, making plans for her to come take her away from Jerry Lee later that month. Then, in mid-sentence, the phone went dead. The next day, Mrs. Jerry Lee Lewis was found dead, neatly placed on top of a made bed in the newlywed couple's guest room. Despite the bruises on her body, the blood under her fingernails, the scratches on her husband's hands, and the mountain of other physical and anecdotal evidence, the death was ruled an accident. I'm Jake Brennan, and this is Disgraceland. Disgraceland is the world's first and only rock and roll true crime podcast. I want to tell you the stories surrounding the death of Mrs. Jerry Lee Lewis. And there are some other stories I'd like to tell you about too. Stories about Sid Vicious, Sam Cooke, Mayhem, Beck, TLC's Lisa Left Eye Lopez, and more. Why? 
Because rock stars, real rock stars, get in a lot of trouble and sometimes commit horrible crimes. Disgraceland, a rock and roll true crime podcast, will explore these stories and others when we launch on February 13, 2018. You can subscribe now on Apple Podcasts or wherever podcasts are available. Rock and roll up. Creative Power.